Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm happy to be here again on this conversation with you, the continuing conversations about women and business and life and all the things. Yeah, it's really, it really is all the things. <laughs> and today we're super excited. We're, we're starting a new series. I hope you guys have been enjoying the three-part series. It just allows us to go a lot deeper into topics and we're loving it. So we're going to continue that for a while. And, and so this time I wanted to start sort of a new series. And what we want to talk about And we're going to explain a lot about this because I think it's a very sort of misunderstood concept and idea. But we want to talk about the divine mature feminine, right? And how to bring that out more in your business and in your life and in your mission and in your vision and what you're creating in the world. And I actually think that this is the right time in the world for us to be going really deep inside ourselves to pull out that divine feminine in order to be able to shift and change what's happening in the world. So we're going to talk a little bit about what this even means, how this is even relevant to you, and then we'll go deeper into it over the next few weeks. Mm, Yes. I mean, you know, if you think about it, Sonia, this is the conversation that led you and I together initially, you know? Um, I think we have both been fascinated with how do we really step into our feminine gifts as women in the world of business and that we both came from really strong um, convictions around like, yes, I lead with my feminine in so many ways. And we really connected around motherhood in that, like, and what it meant to really be, um, you know, raising two young girls and what we wanted to model for them and what it meant to create a more um, supportive world for women in all areas of their lives. But yet we were both struggling, you know, back when we first met in what, 2006? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, it was 2006. Yeah. Like we were talking at that point of, you know, how do we help this um, navigate women or being feminine, leading with our feminine and being in business Mm 
And you even in your company at that time was the feminine way, mm, <laughs> you know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're working with women entrepreneurs. And I was um, a psychotherapist, you know, in a feminist women's shelter. Um, and we were both like, what do we do? So this is just really interesting to me now as as we start down this path to explore this topic. It's such a perfect conversation for us to have over a decade later to be like, where are we now? Because we understood what we were seeing in the world. And I think there's been a lot of shifts in a positive direction, yet there are some things that continue to stay somewhat underground and sort of undiscussed um, between women and women's relationships to themselves and their feminine, their relationships to each other and how to yeah. support that feminine they see in one another and how to then still navigate the dominant you know, world of business when there is patriarchy raising its head or expectations um, or, um, you know, like a kind of a treating the feminine still as the weaker sex, the weaker option, the weaker trait, you know? Yeah. 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 Look, there's just, there's, it, this is a big juicy topic and there is so much we can explore here. And I think, you know, I kind of want to have a disclaimer to say that I'm always learning more about this. So, you know, yes, I started studying the feminine a long, long time ago, you know, back even in the 90s. And I wanted to understand the difference between the masculine and feminine. What does that mean in relationships? What does that mean inside of us? What does that mean in self-development? So, you know, I've explored decades of this topic, and yet I still feel I'm far from a master of understanding it. So, you know, as the disclaimer, I'm going to share with you sort of my perspective and what I've seen in working with thousands of women and just, you know, and and yet it is up for evolvement. I'm sure I will evolve my perspectives and go deeper and and learn more. And that's the beauty of the feminine, actually. Yes. It's the so, constant, yeah, mm, exploration and curiosity. It is. And I and I was thinking it's great to start maybe with talking about why this is relevant. Um, because I think a lot of people, they don't really, at least a lot of, some of the women I've talked to, they're like, well, why do I need to know about the feminine? Like, how is this relevant to me succeeding in business? And, you know, so, so let's talk a little bit about why this is relevant. What I have seen over the last few decades is that a lot of women are burning themselves out by trying to operate their business in a way that's not aligned with who they are. So, you know, they're trying to operate in a very masculine way, in a way that's misaligned with their energy, that's misaligned with how they function naturally. And so then what happens is it leads to burnout, exhaustions, lack of success, or just failure. Like they literally have to close down their business because they can't function anymore. So we've talked a lot about those pieces but the underlying piece to that is that we are operating in the masculine when we're more inclined to the feminine. Now, everyone is on a different space in that spectrum between feminine and masculine. So it's not that women are all super feminine or that men are all super masculine, right? We're all, all somewhere on the spectrum, but it's really about understanding who we are innately. Like where do we innately fall on that spectrum? And the problem is, is the feminine has been devalued in a lot of realms, including business. And because of that, it means that a lot of women are operating rating outside their natural inclination. So this is why this topic is so relevant to all of you, because, you know, for most of us, we don't even recognize what the feminine is or how to operate effectively in it. And so it's leading us to exhaustion and burnout. 
But what I also want to say is that there is a shift happening in the world right now. And what I am seeing is that there is something that is blocking women's success that is around this this defined feminine, right? Or this mature feminine. It's like, whereas before you could sometimes bypass your misalignment and still find success and still get get more ahead. It's like there's this huge block for a lot of women. And I work with a lot of women and I talk to a lot of women and I'm seeing it consistently across the board. They're lacking fulfillment. There's something deeper that they want. And there's more sort of self-sabotaging that's happening and coming and going and like sort of coming up in the world because I think we're crying out for more sort of developed feminine and we can't ignore it anymore. Yeah, uh, totally. Because the thing is, um, like you said, there's, I mean, first of all, that was so well said about why it's relevant, why it's so important. And I think that people get confused about when we're talking about the balance of feminine and masculine, people also start getting into their own idea about what it means to be a feminist or like they get confused between what that means to speak about um, policy change and be an advocate for um, for different things that, you know, because for me becoming so I just want to just want to put that out there because some people might be like, are you talking about feminism? Are you talking about being a, a woman, being female? Like what's and the thing is, is like when we talk about masculine and feminine, right, we're talking about a balance of energy that exists in all human beings. Mm. So if you are of a biological, like if your biological sex is male, you still have masculine energy and feminine energy. Yeah. And if your biological sex is female, you still have feminine energy and masculine energy. And then we grow up in a culture that um, will support more or less of those qualities in you because they see you as a male in the world or they see you as a female in the world and everyone is different places in that spectrum and so sometimes women are like I don't understand what you guys are talking about because I have I'm on a very strong spectrum towards the masculine that feels innate to me that feels awesome so why do I have to be over there in the feminine you know so there's all of this like misunderstanding about what it is or if people have more or less it's really everyone has it but some people are leaning more one way or the, the other, um, depending on what's going on with them biologically, personality, environment. And then feminism is a movement in which women rallied and then later men rallied as allies around the idea um, that women need access to more equality in public life and in the personal sphere, right? So it was about women having access, women being supported, policy change, um, you know, and for me, I've always been a feminist because if you have policies that support women, then you're helping them actually embrace their femininity and their masculinity in whatever way they need to, because they have equal access to the the same sphere as men. So- you know, I, everyone has their different thoughts, but I wanted to lay that out there that there's a difference <laughs> yes. of, what, and, of what we're talking about. And for some of us, our femininity inspires our feminism and vice versa. Um, but it's not necessarily on the, it's not the same thing. Um, so you can, yeah, kind of that's kind of understand where I'm coming from. I wanted to share that a little bit. 
Yeah, which is perfect. And we're not actually covering the feminism here today. We're really right. looking at sort of more neutrally what is a feminine energy, masculine energy. And it's interesting because if you look at like romantic languages like, you know, Spanish and, you know, other languages similar, they often have like objects are feminine or masculine, right? Like it's not that they're like you know, girly or manly, right? It's just that there's like a feminine and masculine side to things. And so I think when we're looking at it neutrally, without judgment, without interpretation, you know, there is a masculine energy and a feminine energy. And so that's probably where we should go next is really understanding what is the difference between those so that we can more effectively navigate this conversation and maybe stop from a lot of triggers. Because the truth is, is that the feminine and masculine words, they trigger a lot. <laughs> like I've seen a lot of triggering. And so, you know, we, we, see them in all these different ways because of concepts. So let's go back to some definitions. When you look at the feminine and masculine, I, I want you to think of them as energy, right? So they have qualities of energy. So if you look at it in terms of like the feminine is being, right? So that's one way we can sometimes describe the feminine. It's just being. The masculine is doing, it's action, it's in action, right? So the feminine is is sort of the action is being, you know, not moving. It's like, it's a, it's, it's sort of like being present, um, you know, being aware, but the masculine is like doing, I'm like walking, I'm doing things, I'm getting things accomplished, you know, that's sort of the masculine. So these are just different qualities. We require utilization of both, no matter who we are. But I think the problem is, is that we often um, use the wrong energies in the wrong places, or we often diminish an energy that we actually really, really need, like the feminine and so, you know, this is why we're sort of talking about it. You can also look at it in terms of like the feminine is more about feeling, you know, there's more about the the senses, the feeling, the, you know, emotions, and the masculine is more about the mind. It's more about reasoning. It's more about uh, structure and thinking. Uh, you can look at it in terms of intuition. Intuition is more feminine. Ego is more masculine. So again, we need a healthy ego. So we need that masculine. But we we need to first and foremost be able to access and bring in that intuition. So, you know, those are some of the, the ways you can look at it. Uh, you can also, sometimes I talk about it in terms of like the feminine is darkness or void, right? Not in a bad way, not in like darkness as being, you know, like fearful or dark, but in terms of like almost emptiness, almost like pregnancy, right? It's like that place where something can be birthed from it. Whereas the masculine is light. It's like, you know, it's full, it's already birthed. So, you know, these are some things that you can start to kind of look at the feelings between, you know, the feminine, and the masculine. What are some other things that you might define them, Laura? Yeah, I think... You know, the other I, the other thing that comes to mind is creativity, um, mm. think versus execution or create versus execute. So I yep. think feminine is very much like creative. Um, we create life 
from feminine um, energy, but you have to have masculine energy to, to bring that um, life force forward, right? It's like, if you think about the biology of like the egg and the sperm, <laughs> it's yeah. like, there's a whole life that needs to be created and there's an action um, that happens and then something is brought forth. So that's why it's so important that both exist. And um, I agree all of the things you said that the feminine is a being um, energy and masculine is a doing energy. And um, yet I would say, you know, like the reason why the balance is important is that you don't want to do um, at the cost of your being. Yeah. Um, You want to do from a place of being. And that balance is something that I think is hard for us to find in the world because we do have um, just all over the world. There's a dominant patriarchal culture kind of it's not just in the United States, but, you know, this focus on um, getting things done. And then we are hyper productive in in the United States around um, productivity, time management, efficiency. And so that doing, 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 I think, is really um, heightened and it's glorified and it's rewarded. And um, so that's why I think it can be difficult to value the feminine as much. Um, but like in Eastern cultures, the feminine is more valued because there's a lot more emphasis in the culture on rest or pause or being in order to get things done. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is such the interesting part we have to uh, look at because like literally we are also indoctrinated that we have a lot of transparent beliefs or a lot of transparent things that we don't even realize. So it's like, you know, sometimes we still look at it. We're like, we know we need to be, we know we need the feminine, but it's still about getting things done, but it's not about getting things done. And this is the piece that I think we have to really look at because we've just been so twisted to think that everything's about accomplishment, achievement, tasking, getting things done, even getting things done in the world. When the truth is, if you really look at leadership, right? Because we, because most of us want in some ways to, to, you know, have a voice in the world, to, you know, have some kind of mission, make some kind of change. I mean, that's generally why we're in business as women. So if you look at it, we're going to make far more change by who we're being, not by what we're doing, right? That ability to step into to our leadership, to be who we are, to live congruently, to live whole with wholeness, like that part is actually so much more impactful and influential than anything that we can get done. Yes. But we're so like trained for it to still be about accomplishing and doing and getting things done. And I think, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about is, is I want to bring in that maturity of the divine feminine, right? So like there is a part of ourselves. See, the way that I look at feminine and masculine is the feminine is what's deep inside us, right? And the more deep we go inside of us, the more we not only touch our innate wisdom, we touch something even deeper, something more connected, right? The the world of the feminine, the um, the earth, the connection of everything, the spiritual, if you will. There's a there's a depth that the more deep we go, in, and that's inside of us, and it's our own personal journey. But what is so interesting is that the whole world is fixated on what's outside of us, right? So the structures, the accomplishment, the um, 
you know, what you've done, what you, what you've been, who you are, like, and we're pulled by all that external influence. And that's what destroys our feminine, right? Is that we're pulled by all the external to be something, to do something, to act as something. And we lose so much of that space and wisdom and time that's really deep inside of us. And see that divine mature feminine can only be found through space and depth, and and introspection, and time spent in those, like that depth and introspection, and how many of us are actually creating enough time for that? Mm, Yes, and when we do create the time for it, how many of us are still asking the question of, okay, and so now do I, am I supposed to do something now? Is it now? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I think that's the thing that you're, I'm seeing in myself um, as well is that when I'm really embracing that, um, what you've described, going into these internal spaces, into the depths of my being, and I'm trusting that I can create from that space and that things are coming to be from that space, it is amazing what's actually still getting done and what's happening, but it doesn't look the same as mm. when I am doing from more of the execution um, state of being, of, of using the mind, you know? So when I use my felt sense of self to meditate and to go in and really get clear about what I want in the world, um, those things will come to fruition, not because I did something in that moment with my mind. I actually felt connected to that in my body. And I kind of brought that energy up more into the surface. So there's this, there's this doing that is happening from like an intuitive place, not from my mental space. So I think that maybe that, and that's, and I'm just kind of throwing this out right now Mm. because this is what we do in these conversations. We don't have all the answers. It's making me think there's a, there's a certain level of, um, energy that is moving, that's creating, that's maybe the creating that's coming from that place of being so that things are actually, concrete, like things are happening in the world, but it's not coming from that linear mental execution doing. Um, And I've been conditioned though, to think that if I'm not coming from the mental state that I'm actually not getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, here's the tricky part, right? So, cause I see this trap in myself and I see this trap in all the women I work with. The tricky part is that oftentimes, even when we go into the depth or into the being or into, you know, allowing ourselves that space, we're still trying to direct it with the masculine. <laughs> like We're still trying to be like, okay, I've got time to journal. All right, sit down. I'm going to journal about this. I'm going to figure out this through my journaling, right? Like we still have all of these, um, structures and direction and which direction is masculine. Whereas, you know, like how many of us have created a time because, you know, it really requires like a whole day, really, like if if you're really exploring this to just literally be like to follow whatever you want and your energy, right? To not be pulled by anything, to not be directed by anything, to just allow yourself to be. So like I've, I, 
have a really hard time doing that. So like, I am in no way saying this is an easy process, but it makes a huge difference. And where I can really reflect in my life that I actually accomplished that was, I remember in my 20s, I would spend days in bed, right? Like I didn't have kids, didn't have a business then. You know, I would literally like just lay in bed and I would spend like the whole day and I would I would just be inspired. I would grab my journal. I would have books. I would, I might watch a show. I might like, it was like, I just followed my energy the whole day. And it wasn't about distraction, right? It wasn't about just like binging on Netflix to get, well, we didn't even have Netflix then, but <laughs> right, you know, you were going to the video store. Anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't about going to video store, watching a million videos, but it was about like allowing the space, allowing my mind space to explore whatever came up. And during those days, I would have huge epiphanies that changed my life, literally. And they would send me on a different path or they would allow me to, to bring in a vision that totally directed me for the next six months or even years, even decades. And so, you know, you think about it. I mean, I didn't know anything about the, the feminine really then or anything about how that was relevant or context around it, right? I just knew that like when I spent days in bed, my life would change. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you know, like that's sort of this reference point I always hold, but it required like a whole whole space without agenda. Yes. Oh, and that is so challenging for our mm. modern days, right? Our, yeah. To, to actually have space that we create for ourselves to just be yeah. is, is such a challenge for many of us. We will create space for a work retreat, but guess what? We're going to bring our agenda and we're going to have our stuff and yep. our, you know, all the things that we're going to do to work on. Um, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not pointing fingers without uh, pointing them back at me. Um, but it's like, there's this luxury that we even feel it's it's indulgent to give ourselves that like we don't have time for that oh it was really funny I opened up um the apple store to download a a new app and it was advertising a mindfulness app and it was like don't have time for mindfulness you know click here and of course it went on to say you do have time if you just take a minute here a minute there you always have time but I thought like that is exactly how we are with space. It's like, you don't have time for yourself, you know, like you don't have time for just a minute. And we're like, no, I don't, I don't think I do. And so it's really stopping for a minute and realizing what you're saying is that huge shifts can happen. If you give yourself space to be without an agenda And I know that some people are just like, how, how is that really going to happen? But it's exactly how you describe, Sonia, you went into a state where you weren't already downloading what you thought you needed to do. You were receptive to receiving what information might be there just under the surface. It can be your unconscious. It could be like some inspiration and you're not really seeing it, feeling it, hearing it until you get really quiet and listen. Yes, 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 exactly. And, you know, part of the challenge is that even when we've had moments like that or had reference points, we're not grounded enough in it and we don't value it enough. And so I'm like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot over the next few weeks as well, because 
one of sort of like my, the very few, I mean, I've read a lot of stuff on the feminine and honestly, a lot of it doesn't resonate with me. I don't like the way people frame it. I don't like the way they talk about it. It doesn't feel right. It's, it's, it's almost like it's still filled with ego. And what I, so the sort of my feminine Bibles, if you will, like the things I, I look at is by an author named Judith Dirk. I've talked about her a million times. Um, like most of my clients now have gotten her books, but she she has these really simple books called Circle of Stones and I Sit Listening to the Wind. And a lot of them are just stories from circles of women. Mm-hmm. And they're they're from the 90s. Like they're they're old the books, you know? So yeah. they have these old reference points. Well, I think she even started her circles even before that. Though. I remember picking mm. Circle of Stones up and I think she's referencing circles that she organized in yeah. like 70s and 80s, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And but she's like she's one of the few people that I feel like really in these these little phrases and these little um, paragraphs ex- explains what I feel is that true feminine. She talks about and that's why I think it's so interesting in the I sit listening to the wind book. She talks about the mm-hmm. the wind being the masculine, and we all have our own masculine, and many of us have internalized a lot of the patriarchal masculine as well. So we've internalized uh, our fathers, and you know the men in our lives and our partners and all of their criticisms and lack of understanding and lack of valuing our, you know, our innate mm, feminine and all mm-hmm. of that. So we've internalized all that. And now we all have our own patriarchy just right. inside of our heads. The internalized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. And so, you know, like we've, we've all got this ego and it has a place and time, right? Our ego allows us to be able to, to do things. It is the masculine. It is that part of us that allows us to accomplish things and get things done and, and do things. And that's an amazing um, part of ourselves if it's in the right place. The problem is we've let the ego take over. So it's like the wind and the way she just sort of describes the wind and the ego is that if we're not really grounded in the feminine, if we're not really in that depth and maturity of our feminine, then the wind just blows us around right? It just, it knocks us over. It, you know, it tells us where it's, it just takes us to the next place. Like we are not in control at all, right? Our wisdom is not in control. The ego is in control. The wind is in control. And so, you know, I think that's a really interesting exploration to see inside ourselves, how often am I allowing that feminine to come in? And am I even grounded in any of my wisdom? Because if you really explore, like I do with a lot of my clients, they think they're making decisions, but all of their decisions are about what someone else thinks or their internalized patriarchy or what they want to accomplish so that people recognize them. Um, and none of it is actually often from their innate internal you know, stillness and wisdom and intuition. And so it is a real reframe that we have to do to begin to listen to that voice inside of us that is oftentimes really small at first because we've denied it. Yes. Uh, This is so, um, it's reminding me of, you know, my own journey into my inner voice happened in my twenties. Um, around not understanding my own emotional ups and downs, especially related to menstruation, right? Mm. And I picked up um, Christine Northrup's The Women Bod- Women's Wisdom, Women's yeah, Bodies. that's a good one. I mean, one. that changed my life. I read that, luckily, in my early 20s. And it was the first time that I understood 
that my body had some great wisdom there that I was not understanding because the world had told me to just, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Like women have to bleed every month and you just have to put up with it. And, you know, um, you're emotional. And, oh, my goodness, you have PMS. Like, just go take some mm. time out. You know, it's just like all this negativity. And, and yes. that book was the first one that, like, said, no, there's a reason. And it's amazing what your body knows. And from her, then I started reading more books about um, what was what's really happening in the female body and came across, you know, some um, stories of how in in the in certain I don't remember how many hundreds of years ago it it was when there have been and there may still be nomadic groups now that revere the woman in her state um, of menstruation, you know, there was the, the whole red tent and all of that. People yeah. probably heard of that. It's like there are certain cultures in groups of people that knew that the women, when they would menstruate, would have dreams, very lucid mm. dreams. They would even what consider what they would have as prophecies. They would see things um, and dream things and feel things and, and think things that they would feel was relevant to the community. So when the women were menstruating, they would ha- let them leave, you know, have them leave, like go into the, your sanctuary, into your red tent. And people will care here for your children and take over all your responsibilities. So you no longer need to cook and take care of the kids or take care of anyone here. You're going to go and take care of yourself. And there will be other women who are also there to take care of you. And so they would have these complete moments away and they would Mm. come back and the elders of the community would go to the women and say, sit, sit with us and tell us what you heard, what you felt, Mm. what you learned And they would take that wisdom and then apply it to big decisions about where the community was going to go next, what they needed to do, um, if there was some sort of thing they thought was a prophecy to pay attention to. I mean, this was entirely like a center core piece of wisdom for their people. And we live in a culture now that we're just like, can you just please go take some medicine and go PMS somewhere else? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, uh, I feel like we could have like a whole episode around this and health because, yes. you know, oh, yes. the, a women's all the bodies, misinterpretation. Women's yeah. yeah. Right. Because uh, like Judith Dirk talks about that as well. She talks about how sometimes we've so denied the feminine that our body in its wisdom forces us into the darkness, forces us into the stillness that can come through depression right? That can come through, you know, some kind of major health issue that literally suspends us in our bed so that we can't move and can't do anything. Now, oftentimes what happens is instead of then again, listening to the wisdom of our bodies, we, you know, stuff it down with drugs. Are we, you know, ignored? Are we pushed past, you know, what's there, you know, instead of, you know, actually allowing the depression or curious about what is creating it or where that's coming from, you know, instead we just try to fix it. We just try to like alter our brain chemistry or we try to like, you know, change everything inside of our bodies with chemicals. And, and what happens is we're losing that grace, if you will, of what our bodies know, which is we need to move deeper inside of ourselves. We need to be contemplating. We need to have the space and the time and the freedom to allow that to surface. And, you know, 
It's so interesting because like this is, I think, is the hardest lesson that I teach my clients in terms of practice, right, is that they come in and they've been so indoctrinated and taught to operate in the masculine and to get things done and to have a checklist and to do things and to fill up all of their time and to be as busy as possible and to, you know, to just do, 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 do. And here I am like, no, I want you to to actually take time for self-care and take time to breathe and take time to just be. I want you to just go to a coffee shop and do nothing for two hours. And they're like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, I want you to take this week off. And they're like, well, uh, how do I do that? You know, it's like this where it's so foreign to us. And, and we just don't, it's like, it doesn't compute. Right. So we're kind of there like, this does not compute. And so sometimes they're, they're able to just be like, you know, this is what my business coach told me. And that's how they justify to everyone else. You know what? My business coach, she just told me not to work this week. So you know what? I know you all think I should be working, but I don't care. This is what she told me. But you know, it's, it is, it produces the transformation and the vision and the depth and the understanding that you need to propel your business forward. And this is so much why so many people are hitting glass ceilings right now is that they're still trying to function from this very masculine place and they have not matured and developed that feminine side that has all the wisdom for them, that can tell them which direction they need to go, that can, you know, do it from an intuitive, bigger, wider you know, place. And so then instead they're just hitting glass ceilings because there's misalignment, there's misalignment, there's misalignment. And they're not listening to that broken record that keeps pulling them in the direction of depth. Yes. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad that this is a conversation that we are going to do a three-part series on. Because <laughs> there's just so much. And I think we have, you know, in so, I mean, this is a thread um, that runs through all of our conversations because you and I are so aligned on the value of the feminine and the concern that we have that we as women have gotten so far away from that truth. Um, and we've denied ourselves like our greatest superpowers. And, yes. you know, and there's so much love and compassion and grace around that why we have done that because yep. it hasn't been safe to walk through the world embracing that historically and yep. it is becoming safer with the current rise of the me too movement and these sisterhood circles there's more and more women organizing and coming together i mean i myself have created then the women who co-work um, network 700 women now all over the world that are using co-working as a way to bring their feminine powers into the business space. You know, so this is really happening all over the globe. But if we don't go deep with it, it becomes just another, I'm afraid, I'm just going to say it, I'm afraid it just will become another like branding um, tool. Another superficial claim at something that, you know, women are like, oh, yeah, I'm all about the feminine. I'm all about women helping women. And let me just I'm getting chills just saying it. But let me say, like, you cannot hashtag women helping women and think you're done. Yes. Yes. Like we've got to have these conversations. We've got to go deep beyond the hashtag 
Maybe that's, you know, just like, what can we do to really move beyond the Me Too movement and and beyond sort of the hashtags of women's empowerment and to really dig into the depths? Because it's going to take courage for us all to say, I embrace that Uh, because we've internalized, like you said, that there is weakness in it and that there is too much, um, you know, uh, just too much negativity around it to really do it. So I'm excited to continue this conversation, to go deeper into this talk so that we can, um, I don't know, pull out more ways for the listeners to understand the nuances and Mm. maybe activate this energy more in their own lives. Oh, for sure. And, you know, that was exactly what my TEDx talk was about, was moving beyond sort of the hashtag empowerment. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the thing that we need to look at is that, the, the reason this is so challenging and the reason why it cannot be a marketing movement or a hashtag movement or social media and the reason most people have misinterpreted it, and already this is happening a lot. Everybody's utilizing sort of this idea of the feminine, this idea of women and, and women's empowerment, and it's really, really shallow. And the reason is, is because the true feminine has to come from our own integration, our own internal exploration. And that's hard, right? Like, gosh, ask my clients who are going through some of that internal transformation and some of that integration and some of the old healing of wounds and the the embracing of really uncomfortable feelings. Like this is the real work. It actually is the only path to the divine mature feminine is that be going through the suffering, being in it, experiencing it, letting ourselves wash over with the anger and the rage and the sadness and the grief and all of those things that we feel inside of us that we have been suppressing, we have been pushing down, we have been ignoring, we have denied. Like it is about embracing all of that and allowing ourselves to be washed over with that emotion. And the emotion eventually dissipates. But our ability to go through that is what creates that sort of wisdom on the other side. And way too many people are out there trying to seek shortcuts, trying to, you know, bypass all of the real development and the real healing and the real work. And that's why they're not actually tapping into anything that is the feminine. Yes, yes. And that is why there is no way to get to the other side except through right that's through right. the middle yeah that's right. and through All our right. deep selves so thank you Sonia for that reminder as well yeah but this is an awesome topic I'm super excited to continue it so we will be continuing it for the next two weeks so thank you for joining us this week and we will see you next week Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.